Welcome to Christ Church Anglican. We hope that you were blessed by today's sermon. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Please be seated. Our gospel today is a great comfort to me. When writing a sermon, I normally try to listen to God for a story, a parable, something to emphasize the reading. And I was getting a little worried about this sermon in particular. And then God blessed me with the truth. Today's reading is the story. Or as Skip would say, it's really good material. Today's story is a story of pain and suffering, ending in a glorious resurrection for the glory of God. Does that sound familiar? So please join me in walking through the raising of Lazarus from the point of view of the disciples and Jesus both. And I want to start all the way back before the reading today in verse 1. The story of the deaths of Lazarus takes place about two weeks before Jesus' crucifixion, since the Passover is at hand. Looking at the story from the points of view of Jesus and the disciples shows us the disparity in understanding about who they thought Jesus was versus the stunning reality. The disciples hear Jesus be told that his friend Lazarus is ill. his close friend, some of the translations, whom he, whom who he loved. This was someone very, very close to him. They would have expected Jesus to just drop everything and go to Bethany at once. But Jesus' response is cryptic. And taken at face value implies in modern English, eh, he'll be fine. This illness does not lead to death, but it is for the glory of God so that the Son of Man may be glorified through it. Jesus had healed many, including healing people who were not present. The disciples probably assumed that Jesus would heal Lazarus remotely or as with a centurion, or that he'd already healed him. No one would assume, no one would allow someone they loved to die if they could help. Jesus stayed and ministered for an additional two days. And then Jesus told his disciples, our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I go to awaken him. Looking at these things from the eyes of the disciple, this is probably good news. Lazarus is sleeping, healing, so they can stay in safety. And there was no need to travel and put Jesus and themselves in danger. See, the temple leaders had already threatened Jesus at this point with arrest. And Bethany was only two miles from Jerusalem. Easy range for the guards. And the disciples knew he would be arrested. Jesus was their friend, their teacher, their mentor. And perhaps they were thinking Jesus is delaying out of concern for their safety and his. Then Jesus tells them, Lazarus is dead. This must have been a major shock to the disciples. Jesus loved Lazarus like a brother, to simply let him die, wasting two days without going to see him to heal him must have been a shock to them. Is he worried about his safety enough to let a friend die? 
Is Jesus just that uncaring? We know from their behavior that they did not realize that Jesus Christ is God. Now, they knew it intellectually, but they did not know it in their heart to the point of total commitment, total trust. Next, Jesus tells them, For your sake I am glad that I was not there, so that you may believe, but let's go to Him. What, you let your friend die? What about us? I can hear him ask. Would you let us die for no reason? Think about the disciples at this point in Jesus' ministry. He's healed the blind, cast out demons, raised the dead, and he let his close friend, his brother, die. When they knew, when they all knew that he could have healed him. But remember, the disciples have no idea what's coming. We do. We know the full story. They do not yet. When Jesus and the disciples arrived in Bethany, they witnessed a grief-stricken scene, and they found Lazarus dead for four days. Those travel days must have been difficult for Jesus. He knew his close friend Lazarus was dead. And in Sheol. And his, friend, his close friends and disciples, he knew they would be upset, disappointed, angry, because he had failed them. He had failed someone that he loved. But Jesus knew His time had not yet come. Again, the disciples have no idea what lays ahead. I have suffered great loss as many of you have. I have prayed to God that they heal my loved ones, return them to me and help. And He did not. I know the pain of Mary and Martha, as many here do. We all grieve differently. This is not a competition. This is a pain that will cause you to lash out at anything. You can't express your anger at the dead for them not coming back. So you lash out at the first person you can find. The person Martha lashed out to was Jesus. Lord, if you had been there, my brother would not have died. And then realizing who she was speaking to, seeing the miracles, the blind see, the deaf hear, the dead raised, Martha the worker, the caregiver, the servant, says, but even now I know that whatever you ask from God, God will give you. Jesus tells her, your brother will rise again. Imagine standing there. Jesus, the teacher, the prophet, the Christ, reminding her that she will see her brother again. And hearing, knowing Jesus teaching about the resurrection is reminded that he will rise again on the resurrection on the last day. Now, I really could stop right here. I'm comforted in my losses with this simple fact alone that I will see my loved ones on the resurrection day and see them in heaven when I pass. But as a disciple standing there, I can almost see their heads nod in grief-stricken agreement. Yep, that's what you keep telling us. Then Jesus says, I am the resurrection and the life. 
Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? Can you imagine standing there and having that question thrust at you in that situation? Martha answers what she's learned with her time over Jesus. Yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, who is coming into this world. Martha gets it. But not the whole picture yet. In her defense, can anyone here claim that they know the fullness of God? I don't see a whole lot of head shaking yes, so I'm going to assume that's a no. Martha still has the reality of her dead brother and Jesus who could have saved him if he'd just come sooner. Her pain is born on her face when she says this, but she understands. Martha then calls Mary from her grief and Mary falls at Jesus' feet. Jesus saw and heard her pain, her grief, her anger directed at Him. In her words, echoing Martha, Lord, if you had been there, my brother would not have died. Deeply moved, Jesus asked to be shown where Lazarus lay. I envision the disciple saw agony all around them and heard the accusations from the sisters and the crowd. And knowing that Jesus delayed coming when He could have saved Lazarus, They probably believed they saw a broken man in front of them. And they did see a broken man. Jesus. Jesus feels the pain of His friends. And I'm going to repeat that. Jesus feels the pain of His friends. Their doubt, their despair, their anger, their grief. Perhaps He's also feeling the despair of His own suffering to come. And He can't hold it in any longer. Jesus wept. The Word of creation wept. Let's stop and think about this. Jesus is God. All-knowing. This includes your feelings. Jesus does not only empathize with us. He does not only sympathize with us. Jesus, the King of kings and the Lord of lords, actually experiences our pain with us. All your trials, all your suffering, Jesus was weeping with you. Your pain is His pain. Jesus loves you so much, He is willing to not only be with you in times of pain, but experience that pain with you. Jesus asked them to take away the stone. From the disciples' point of view, I assume they saw that broken man broken by grief, regret. They probably assumed Jesus was in denial and wanted proof of Lazarus' death to weep over his body, broken by grief. Martha, showing her servant's heart and knowing her brother is dead for four days, told Jesus there will be a smell. Many here have smelled death. It is a smell that you cannot get out of your nose, nor can you ever forget it. 
Jesus reminded the disciples what he had told them before he left for Bethany. Did I not tell you that if you believed, you would see the glory of God? The disciples surely remembered his words before they all departed to Bethany. I go awaken him. Could it be? Could Jesus actually raise Lazarus from the dead who had decomposed in the grave for four days? Could the words of Ezekiel's prophecy we read today be real? Son of man, can these bones live? And I answered, O Lord God, you know. There was a sound, and behold, a rattling, and the bones came together, bone to bone. And I looked, and behold, there were sinews on them. And the flesh had come upon them, and skin had covered them. And the breath came into them. And they lived and stood on their feet, an exceedingly great army. They rolled away the stone. And Jesus, full of emotion, tears in His eyes, lifted up His eyes to heaven and said, Father, I thank You that You have heard me. I knew that You always hear me. But I said this on account of the people standing around that they may believe that You sent me. When Jesus had said this, He then cried out with a loud voice, Lazarus, come out! Lazarus, dead four days, walked out of the tomb alive. His hands and feet bound with linen strips and his face wrapped with a burial cloth. Pastor Robert Jeffers stated a truth I want to share. Death does not bring you closer to God. Suffering does. And suffering comes in many forms. Pain from loss. Pain from unrepentant sins. Pain from disease. Pain from injustice. And many more. Have, how many of y'all have ever heard the phrase, I feel your pain? No, you don't. You do not. You can empathize with my pain or sympathize with my pain. Only Jesus can truly feel your pain. He is the omnipotent God. Jesus continually felt the pain throughout His ministry, the anguish of those suffering around Him. And He healed them where He could. The pain of cripples, the blind, the diseased, the demon-possessed, and the pain of grief. He felt their pain. But remember, He also felt their joy when they were made whole. Pain and suffering are as much part of life as death. We will all suffer and we will all die. But in death, our decision is final. Where in life, we have a choice when faced with adversity. Move closer to God or move away from Him. You can choose right now to let Jesus heal your pain, your suffering, as He did for Martha and Mary. Jesus knows your pain already. He feels it and is awaiting to heal you. We all walked in here today with pain and suffering in our life. Every single person. 
Take this time remaining in Lent, these two weeks before Jesus' glorious resurrection, to contemplate the story of Lazarus. Today you bring your pain, your sins, concerns to Jesus and hand them, hand them to Him at the altar of God as you come forward for Holy Communion. Communion with God. To be one in His holy place. And remember, through the grace of God, all suffering can be washed away. The kingdom of God is at hand. When you reach forward, your hands outstretched into God's kingdom and receive the memorial of the Jesus' body and blood, hand your suffering over to Christ and receive Him in return. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Thanks for tuning in. For more information, feel free to visit us online at ccanglican.com. We hope you will join us again soon.